What's up, guys? This is Ian with the Soft Count Podcast. This is episode one, and it's draft week, baby. So some of the things I've been hearing a lot lately about the NFL is that it's a new game, right? We got a, it's a passing league now. It's a quarterback league. It's a quarterback wide receiver league. That's like all the rage. That's all the talk. There's a, there's a wide receiver bubble even, right? And they're right. The league is different. It's a passing league now. But one of the things that I would point out is that, and I hear a lot of people, you know, Colin is one of my favorites. He, he's talking about it being a wide receiver bubble is similar to like a real estate bubble, right? The only difference is, is since the game has changed, it's not really a bubble anymore. The value has changed, period. And the NFL's not going back to let's run the football and play defense. And that brings me to a bigger question. Why hasn't drafting changed yet? And I I don't mean the process. I mean the mentality, the philosophy of drafting. Every mock draft I see right now has got three pass rushers going one, two, three. Let me pose a question to you. Name me one pass rusher, a pass rusher, that was in a divisional championship team, conference championship team. Name me one. Some of you Bengals fans are like, oh, it's Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, the guy that the, the Saints let go of. He's a nobody. I mean, what are you at? Probably, had, I don't know. He probably had double-digit sacks, right? Like 11 or something. I have no idea. He probably didn't even have that. I, I don't know. I don't. It, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. He's not an elite pass rusher. And then I'll get people who will be like, well, what about Aaron Donald? He's an interior lineman and didn't lead the league in sacks. He's not a edge rusher. Let's talk about some of the edge rushers in the NFL right now. We got Khalil Mack, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Cameron Jordan, Demarcus Lawrence, Chase Young. What do all those teams have in common? They're all on bad teams. What do Super Bowl teams have in common right now? They all have balling quarterbacks and balling wide receivers. The, the fucking Bengals just went to the Super Bowl without an offensive line, without a star pass rusher. Hell, I can't even name you one of their corners right now. I, I don't I don't know. I know they got Jamar Chase, and you know, I know they got Joe Burrow. And Nick, you know, what what is it? Uh, Mixon, Joe Mixon, he's okay, you know, he's all right, but that's another point of, of emphasis is what any of those teams have a star running back? None of them. Where are the star running backs right now? They're on bad teams. If, you know, if you can even find one, I don't even. I mean, what Derrick Henry is obviously an anomaly. You know, people can be like, "Well, what about Derrick Henry?" And it's like, "Well, Derrick's all right. I mean, Derrick's great, but you know, they're not winning. They get they made it to the playoffs, but you know, they're one and done. Usually, it's over. You know, and he gets hurt. So running backs, you know, he gets hurt. Whatever. So my question would be, why would I take Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker or? Thibodeau or any of these guys with my number one draft pick when pass rushers don't really matter anymore. And that sounds crazy. I know everybody on everybody listening right now is like, that's insane. I can't believe you just said pass rushers don't matter. But you know, the Bills don't have a marquee guy. The Chiefs don't have a marquee guy. The Rams don't. The Bengals don't. The Packers don't. I don't know. You know, everybody said, well, I can't believe the Oakland Raiders let go of Khalil Mack. They are insane. John Gruden is an idiot. And it's like, yeah, well, you know what? 
they put on one of the most amazing seasons anybody's ever seen last year, and they didn't have a pass. Well, they got that they got that Max Crosby guy who was you know in and out of his kind of rehabilitation with alcoholism. He's been open about it. It's great, but he's been kind of there and not there, and he's been a good player like Trey Hendrickson, right? And they just you know of course they both happen to be white, so the <laughs> you know. The comparison. I always hate when people, you know, you get a, a, a comp right now. The comps are big in the draft, right? And unconsciously, everybody wants to comp Aiden Hutchinson to like Jared Allen. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're going to compare him to the other, you know, the one Hall of Fame white guy you can think of. And I just find that hilarious. And it's also kind of weird, but whatever. It, it happens. And I don't know if people are doing it consciously or unconsciously, but it's, you know, funny to me. <laughs> But anyway, so the more I think about it, and I can't, I've been thinking about it all the time. It's like the NFL is paralyzed right now in the draft because of tradition, right? We take offensive linemen, we take pass rushers, and we take quarterbacks. And all I, I've been hearing this a lot too, is there's no stars in this draft. I've gone through the last 22 years of drafts in the last three days. I just hop on and look at the first three rounds of every draft. There is stars in every single one of them. And I guarantee you, the week leading up to that draft, people were saying, there's no stars in this draft. What are we going to do? You know, it's not a star-studded draft. You don't really want – I don't know. You know, I promise you there's fucking stars all over this draft. You just got to find them. And it's on the GMs and the coaches and the scouting and all these guys to figure out who it is. You know, I've been hearing people complaining about, you know – uh, what is it? Uh, Brian Flores. Brian Flores should have lost at the end of the season, and he should have, but he still had a chance to take Justin Herbert over Tua. That is a fundamental flaw in the Dolphins organization. Regardless, they're mad they didn't get Joe Burrow. Fine. You could have got this Greek god with a body like fucking. I, I don't know, you know, Thor, right? A body like fucking Thor, and he can throw the football like 80 fucking yards on a dime, and he's a 4.0 student. You could have had this guy, and you took Tua, and that's your fault. And they blame that on Brian Flores and whoever else, but I'm sure the owner was like, Tua is a superstar, and nobody knew who the fuck Justin Herbert was outside of they watched the Senior Bowl. And so, you know, they wanted to sell tickets. And now who's selling tickets? Fucking Los Angeles is selling tickets. That's who. Back to my point of the draft. I, I, you know, I know that we're probably going to see three pass rushers go in the first three picks, and I know that you know teams aren't ready. I mean, they're they're ready to play the game a different way. You know, teams have evolved. I mean, I remember back in like 2005. Um, I'm, you know, playing video games back in 05. Yeah, I'm young. I'm only, yeah, I'm in my 30s. So, 2005, I'm a teen, and I'm playing Madden, right? I loved, I loved Madden as a teenager, and I, you know, I still love Madden. It's great. I mean, you know, I don't play it like I used to, but, uh, you know, I was one of my in these kind of groups. We would have these big franchises with a bunch of guys, you know. And I was always drafting like wideouts. I wanted wideouts. I wanted a mobile quarterback with a big arm. And back then. The only mobile quarterback anybody had really heard of in my age group was Mike Vick, right? I mean, you know, you had guys like McNabb, and you had other guys that could move around and whatnot, but Vick was the first that could really give it to you. I mean, even Randall Cunningham could run, you know? There were guys that could run. Uh, Steve Young could fucking run. 
but Mike Vick could give it to you in a different way, right? Like Michael Jordan could give it to you. Mike Vick could give it to you. And so I saw that way ahead of, like way long ago. Like, man, how could you not want that, you know? I didn't really consider injury or character. I don't consider character a very big, like a valuable trait in the game of football. Um, most people, especially in the media, will, will harp on that, you know, because it's a moral high ground. Everybody's got a moral compass. I Listen, if you're listening to my podcast, you're here because I gamble, right? Uh, we'll get into a lot more gambling. It just so happens episode one falls on draft week, and we're going to talk about drafting. And honestly, if you want to bet on the draft, which is what a lot of people will do, um, I'll give you some tips on that as well. <clears throat> I, I don't think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be the number one pick overall. I think it'll probably be Trayvon Walker because trades win in the NFL. They just they just do. Trayvon Walker ran like a four four five or a four five flat or some shit like that, and he's six five and you know two sixty. So you know you're in. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't care what you did in college. And a lot of that is is for me. I think college football is terrible. I can't. I can barely. I watch it because I watch all sports and I gamble. But ultimately, the game of college football just isn't isn't my style. I don't enjoy it. You see, too often, studs going up against bums or guys that are going to just work at a car lot one day. You know, I, I don't know how many backup running backs where I, I live. In, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, right now. Uh, you know, um, I don't know how many backup running backs like sell cars in Columbus. You know, that played at Ohio State. You never even fucking heard of them. You know, they just sat on the bench for four years. You know, there's less of that now. Uh, but when Jim Trestle was around, you know, we had fucking 10 running backs on the roster and these guys just work wherever, you know, like most of them aren't going to the NFL <clears throat> and same for offensive linemen and D linemen. And so when you get a guy like Tavon Thibodeau or Trayvon Walker, um, sometimes it's just hard to see because you don't always have the best coaches and people would argue that Alabama has the best coaches or Georgia has the best coaches, but I mean, fucking Oregon doesn't. You know, Mario Cristobal, like, I don't know who his fucking defensive coordinator was. I, maybe it's him. I have no idea. But the reality is, for that defensive player, he's in that scheme. And hopefully, you know, in the NFL, teams are looking for guys with traits. They were looking for guys with speed and power. Uh, Thibodeau, you know, people say he can't bend. I've watched some tape. He, he really can't. I mean, they're not wrong about that. He's pretty upright, and he, but he's fast. But Trayvon Walker... He's just a different body, man. There's a, you know, the draft, everybody kind of, you know, they call it the underwear Olympics. And, you know, they, I think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on some of the drills they're doing. But I'll be honest with you. I think what most people want to see is the worst part of it where the guys are just standing there naked, basically, in their fucking underwear. I need to see what kind of body you have because it matters. You know, I, I listen, the minute Mac Jones took his fucking shirt off, I'd be like, all right, I pass. No, thanks. And some of that for me is just like a. I know at different times in my life I've just I've been a lazy sack of shit and I still was fit so <laughs> I don't get it you know and I get it he's strong I I don't get it obviously <laughs> what am I saying uh, and so I find that that's important to me in the draft is seeing these things and I still am kind of like spiraling here on on some of the draft things but anyway so what I'm really trying to say is that why are we not taking wide receivers with the first pick overall, right? Why are we not taking corners, safeties? I mean, honestly, if you could if in this draft right now, 
if I could take, if I had to take a shot, and I'm the Jaguars. And let, let's be real. The Jaguars are shit everywhere except quarterback. And everyone's like, oh, they got a good squad. No, they don't. They won fucking, they have the number one pick. What do they win? Two games, three games? I, I don't even know. But the reality is, is they're the number one pick. So their team is trash. And they have a good quarterback. I mean, well, you know, we think. We watch this guy all through college tear people apart. We know he can play. There's no doubt that Trevor Lawrence can play. You can't tell me if Trevor Lawrence wasn't on the Patriots right now that they wouldn't have fucking possibly, you know, won the AFC championship or some shit. I don't know. Mac Jones is limited. And so you look at the Jags. Number one pick. Who do you take? And by all accounts, every goddamn draft has Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall. Or, you know, you might find a few guys that say Trayvon Walker, which, in my opinion, is probably more likely, only because he's faster, stronger, more athletic. But people were like, well, Aiden Hutchinson's got intangibles. He's hardworking. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit, you know. <clears throat> Lawrence Taylor wasn't a high-character guy, <laughs> you know. Uh, it just doesn't matter to me. And it doesn't matter to coaches. People were shocked when they found out Tom Brady and Bill Belichick weren't buddies. And it's like, they don't give a fuck. They want to win. And so Lawrence Taylor, who's like openly admitted to like smoking crack before games, you know, Hall of Fame. Marvin Harrison, listen, Marvin Harrison just went to the, the Hall of Fame. And people don't remember what Marvin Harrison did. I was talking to some people at a bar recently and they're like, what are you talking about? Allegedly, you know, what Marvin Harrison did. Um, people are afraid to talk about it, right? and me too, so let's move on, right? <clears throat> so we've got this number one pick. If I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I guess my biggest point I'm really trying to make is that you should be drafting guys that can cover you should be drafting guys that can catch, or you should be drafting guys that can throw. And that's it. I mean, if you look at Miles Garrett, <clears throat> he's fantastic, right? He gets a lot of penalties because when he does get to the quarterback, you got to go full force at the quarterback to even get there. But now to sack a quarterback, you got to pull up a little bit at the very end. So that come that takes sacks off. That takes sec, you know, half a second, right? And you look at Formula One, one of my other favorite sports, like tenths of a second matter. And there's, it's no different in football, right? And so when the when Miles Garrett's coming at you full force, and if he fucking tears the quarterback in half, you know, that's a penalty now. And so when he gets there, he's got to pull up a little bit, make sure he fucking lays the guy down, and that takes time off of his pass rush, right? That adds time to the pass rush. And so he doesn't get there as much. And therefore, his value, he's just not as valuable anymore. I think the only D linemen that really are valuable now are D tackles because they can get pressure up the middle. And pressure up the middle affects the quarterback more than edge rushers do now. It affects their sight line. It sometimes, I mean, hell, Aaron Donald, some of his sacks come from just running the offensive lineman right into the quarterback. And you can't get penalized for when the offensive lineman falls on top of the quarterback, so fuck it. And I find that a fascinating development in football. You know, we're looking at the draft and the first three picks are pass rushers, and I'm sitting here like, why? Look at the league. The best pass rushers are on shit teams. 
and you're the shit team already. So what are you trying to do? I, I don't I can't name a wide receiver on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know one. I know everyone's like, well, it's a deep wideout class, so you don't there's no value in the top of it because you can get guys at the bottom of it. <sighs> That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. Garrett Wilson is a superstar. And there's no way around it. And when you watch this guy play, he's a stud since his freshman year in college. The only guy I'm a little bit out on <clears throat> is probably Drake London. Just a little bit. And a lot of that's because of the comps I get and some of the clips I've seen of him. He's kind of a jump ball guy. People compare him to what, Mike Williams or something. And it's like, or Evan, you know, Evan, Mike, Mike Evans. Yeah, he gets compared to Mike Evans and Mike Williams. If he's compared to Mike Williams, <clears throat> I'm a little bit more in. I've never been a huge Mike Evans guy. I mean, he's sweet. But like I said, he's kind of a jump ball guy. There's not a ton of yards after catch. And with the way the game's going now, that's what you want. So they're going to go with one of these defensive players. Like I said, if you're going to be a gambling man, I think there's more value in taking Trayvon Walker. I haven't checked the odds, but based on all the mock drafts I'm seeing, Agent Hudson being the the favorite, you could probably make a little bit of money on the Trayvon Walker going number one overall. As a risk, I think he's a. I just think he's a good player, you know. Aiden Hutchins is good, but I only really saw. I've I've watched him play maybe three games, and you know, one of them was against kind of shitty an opponent, and then the other one was against Ohio State, whose offensive line is not hasn't been very good since you know for a long time. So I, I wasn't really amazed or really surprised. He was amped for that game, juiced up. You know, he was fucking juiced up. And then I saw him play against Georgia, and he was non-existent. And so that worries me. You know, guys in Georgia are going to the NFL. Offensive lineman, you know, he doesn't have very good arms. And all the things that people complain about with Thibodeau, physically, not his whole TV thing, but physically, uh, Aiden Hutchinson kind of has the same problems. He can bend, but he's not very fast. And so what good does that do you? Miles Garrett can bend and run full fucking speed. Aiden Hutchinson, he's strong. He almost, to me, it would be like a defensive end in a 3-4 is what Aiden Hutchinson is. He puts on a little bit of weight. He gets up to 270. Because, I mean, he looks like he's fucking 260 already. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what he weighs, but I would imagine he's probably around 260, 265. And so I don't really see a problem with him getting up into, like, 270, 275, gain 10 pounds, and play the interior in a 3-4. But uh, I, I just don't see him being an elite pass rusher in a 4-3 and getting to the edge or a outside linebacker in a 3-4. I just don't see him getting there. But with that all being said, what do you do, right? <laughs> you know, Nobody's going to trade up for the first pick overall. It's not going to happen this year because there's not a quarterback and there's not a Miles Garrett. And since nobody's trading up, what do you do? I'll be honest with you. I probably take a corner or I take that fucking Kyle Hamilton safety because the NFL's changing. I think when you really look at how you can kind of adapt with that without looking like an ass and taking a wide receiver one overall, I don't think anybody's going to think you're an ass if you take Sauce Gardner number one or Kyle Hamilton number one. I just don't, you know. It is what it is. I mean, you can't get to the quarterback anymore, even if you're a superstar. I haven't. I, I don't. I mean, how many how many sacks did Khalil Mack? The only guy out there really getting sacks like crazy sacks is T.J. Watt, 
and he's a little bit undersized, and so when he gets to the quarterback, it's not always a penalty. It doesn't look like he just smoked somebody off the planet. I mean, Miles Garrett's like, they they have him weighing in at like probably 270. They have him listed. This guy is pushing 285. He is massive. And so when he gets to the quarterback and barely hits the guy, it's like, see, in the shadow realm, right? The quarterback's, you know, and so it just looks bad. And T.J. Watt being a little bit undersized, he's obviously super talented, great hands, you know, on the line. He can he can get by anybody. And so, and he doesn't, when he gets to the quarterback, it's not always a car wreck, really. He can put the quarterback down, get their full speed, and I like that. And so, but you know, he's on the Steelers. That's one guy in the NFL that I can think of right now. You know, and the rest of the guys that are really having good success can play inside now. You know, Cameron Jordan, can he's big enough to play inside. So, if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to go ahead and take me some Sauce Gardner or Kyle Hamilton because these guys can play in coverage. If you can't get to the quarterback and he's going to throw it in today's NFL, I want corners, you know. And, and, and you started seeing this a few years ago with the middle linebacker position, right, the hybrid linebacker, the lightweight guy. Ryan Shazier was one of the first ones. I thought, man, and it's sad, but I thought he was without a doubt one of the most talented guys I'd seen in the NFL for a while. Uh, there was a guy that came out recently, Simmons. Out of, I think he was playing at Clemson. He's an undersized kind of tweener guy, right, the safety hybrid guy. I mean, shit, you could play Derwin James at middle linebacker if you wanted. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they did years ago against Lamar Jackson. They had, like, Derwin James playing middle linebacker and then all corners, right, and then, like, four D linemen, and that's it. I mean, the NFL now is you get pressure with four, and then that's it, right? You don't really see a lot of blitzing. The best teams in the NFL just send four. The 4D linemen, they, they come at you. Maybe one drops back, and the, and the linebacker comes down for a blitz or something and blitzes a gap. Either way, it's still four. And the teams that blitz a lot, like you know the Ravens last year, they got smoked. Why? Because pass rushers can't get to the quarterback anymore. Not really. And when they do, like I said, a lot of times it's a penalty. And so why, let me ask you this. If you're the Jaguars and you take Aiden Hutchinson number one in year five, he's going to be owed like $18 million. And in the NFL, you, I mean, that's the game. People don't really realize it, but the entire game of the NFL is managing your cap. That's it. How much talent can I get inside this number? And that's all that matters. And so, you know, some of these teams, it seems like they can just sign everybody. We just sign everybody. And in, in the end, like if you look at the Rams right now, they can. Why? Because people are taking less. Everyone's like, how the hell do they have room for him? And it's like, well, him, whoever he is, wants to live in Los Angeles. You know? I was born in Ventura. I spent a lot of time in California. I'm from Southern California. And, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I can see why people want to live there. But it's no, like, mystery on how these teams are fitting these guys under their cap. Chicago's got one of the worst cap problems in the NFL right now. And Chicago's a great city to visit. <laughs> right? Like, you don't want to live in Chicago. I don't know how many people have ever been to Chicago in the wintertime, but it's not great. 
It's like the city's cool looking. It's like a Midwestern New York. The people are nicer. It's a big city. It's great. Whatever. But it is windy and frigid and cold. If you don't like going to nightclubs and drinking and listening to fucking jazz or whatever, like there's not a lot to do in Chicago. Everyone's like, what do you mean there's not a lot to do in Chicago? You can go out to eat. It's like, yeah, that's it. You can go fucking eat and drink because it's, you know, a city in the fucking Midwest. So, you know, that's that's why they have a cap problem. They got to pay people more money to come play there. So if I'm Jacksonville and I'm looking at Aiden Hutchinson, I'm sitting here thinking, do I want this guy to be $18 million down the line? Probably not. So you're Jacksonville, you take you know you take Trayvon. That's what's going to probably happen. And then you're looking at Detroit with the number two pick overall. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to follow suit with everybody else. The same thing every team does because they're fucking paralyzed by tradition. And they're going to take what? They're going to take a pass rusher too. And guess what they're going to get? They're probably going to go ahead and get Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. And they'll sell a lot of tickets. They'll sell some jerseys or whatever. <clears throat> But, you know, so we got, let's take Trayvon Walker one, right? I wouldn't do that. I'm looking at a corner safety. <clears throat> I'm looking at the future. I see the game changing. I'm a GM in the NFL. The game has changed. It's not even changing. It's changed. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl, and I can name three players on their team. Three. That's insane. Back in the day, when I was growing up, the fucking Bengals had Carson Palmer, Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada, you know, Geno Atkins at one point. You could name a dozen players. Dante Hall, I think, played on their team. They had Chris Henry, who was going to be a superstar and didn't make it. <laughs> uh, man. So when you look at those teams, it's like the Bengals didn't have shit. They just had a stud quarterback and a stud receiver and got it done. They had nothing else. Their offensive line was the worst in the NFL. And when I think about the la- the best offensive lineman, suppose, you know, not supposedly, he, he really was. When you look at the best offensive lineman for the last 15 years, it's probably Joe Thomas. Stud. Super stud. I mean, <laughs> I watch the Browns a lot. <clears throat> one, of my, one of my teams I watch. I watch the Browns, right? Uh, I watch a lot of teams. I watch pretty much anything that's on. But I watch the Browns because I live in – in their fucking television area, so they're always on. And one of the things I've noticed over all these years, they had Joe Thomas, quarterback, honestly, in all those years with different quarterbacks, all these crazy quarterbacks, I mean, they, I can't even, I don't even, it doesn't even matter. There wasn't a lot of the guy getting sacked necessarily. I don't remember fucking Charlie Fry running for his life or even Brady Quinn. These guys just stood there and missed. Johnny Manziel came in and wasn't really getting sacked until he ran out of the pocket like an idiot. And so these are things that you got to think about. How valuable are offensive linemen and D-linemen now? And what value do you put on them? And I think out of the offensive line and the D-line, the most valuable guy in in either of those now is the D-tackle. It's back to that. That D-tackle out of Georgia, to me, is the number one pick in the draft. He won't be. But the dude is like 340 pounds and ran a 4.79 or some shit like that. Are you, 
What? If I'm a traits guy and I see what the NFL is right now, the only really successful D linemen right now are D tackles are playing inside. I'm, I'm taking that kid. I'm taking him right now. And, uh, you know, if I'm the, if I have the second overall pick and I'm dead set on defense, I mean, a lot of these teams are dead set in the first three picks. We're taking defense. We're getting ourselves pass rushers. Fuck that, man. I'm taking that Jordan Davis over Aiden Hutchinson all day. And if these if these GMs are as smart as they think, I wouldn't be surprised if Aiden Hutchinson falls out of the top five. I just don't see it. He's good. <laughs> you know, he's good. But if I'm looking at traits and I want special... Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Those two guys should go one and two, honestly, just based on the talent. Uh, But they won't, right? So we're looking at probably Aiden Hutchinson going to Detroit, the the hometown hero, coming back, right? I'm coming back. Get my fucking jersey ready. (laughs) He's coming back. So that's what, uh, you know, if you're a betting man, let's say Trayvon one, Aiden two. And then we get down to Houston Texans. (laughs) Man. What do you even do? <laughs> like, I don't even think it matters. They're like, oh, well, we like, we like, uh, what's his name? <clears throat> Davis Mills. We like him. It's like, eh. At one point, I'll say this. At one point, Tav- uh, Davis Mills was the best high school quarterback in the country. He had a couple injuries. He looks solid. But I think th- that the Texans are so bad that, I mean, you just can't take a quarterback right now, right? I mean, I haven't even started talking about my quarterback issues right now, but you just can't take a quarterback number one overall. It's just not – or number three overall. You just can't. It's not going to – there's not one there. I was pretty sold on Malik Willis actually like three or four weeks ago, right right before the combine even. I was looking at some footage of him, which isn't easy to find, by the way. Uh, I was looking at Malik Willis footage, and this guy's built like – a linebacker, right? He's he's only six feet tall, but he is jacked. And I dig that. And everyone's like, he's got this huge arm. I'm like, well, instead of Kevin Cobb. <laughs> the big arm thing, I mean, it's important, right? Mac Jones, I mean, anyway, they threw it three times in one game because it was fucking windy out. So I don't see you got to have at least some arm strength to make it. But after I found some footage of this guy playing big time, he can't really throw. He can't throw. Everyone's like, well, he's a high-character guy. Didn't you see him helping that homeless guy? It's like, yeah, I mean, God. We just gave fucking Deshaun Watson $280 million guaranteed. He's not a high-character guy. He's a winner. He's a garbage person, right? Allegedly. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I don't see it. Kenny Pickett, you know, I never saw it there. (laughs) I'm sorry. You're not it, guy. I heard he sort of a 17 on the Wonderlick. It's like, you can't play here. You know? So Houston's sitting there like, oh, there's no quarterback to take. A lot of the pundits and uh, mock drafts have him taking an offensive lineman, Akeem Ekawokanu or whatever, you know? He, he looks okay. I, I think I, you know, I'm a trades guy. I'm taking Evan Neal. <laughs> He's huge. He's built like a 6'8 version of... Uh, 
Aaron Donald or something. He's got like no fat on him and he's just giant. You know, I'm probably taking if you have to have an offensive lineman, which I just don't listen. I've, I've said it a million times now. I'm not taking an offensive lineman in the top 10. I'm not taking a pass rusher in the top 10. People are going to think I'm insane, but it's like you all agree that the NFL is different now. Everybody collectively is like, oh, it's a new game. But we're still drafting tackles and edge rushers in the top three picks. And it's like, why? They made no difference last season. With the rules that are in place in the NFL, they made basically no difference. And everyone's like, well, Aaron Donald's a game wrecker. And it's like, exactly. And he's a D-tackle and he plays inside. And that's not what I'm talking about. So we got three edge rushers or maybe an offensive lineman going one, two, three, and that brings us to the Jets. And they'll be the first team that probably has any goddamn sense, which is, I can't believe I'm even saying that, but the New York Jets will be coming up and probably grabbing a mod Gardner, right? Sauce Gardner. They're going to get themselves a corner because that's the new NFL and you got to play in space. You can't really smoke anybody. So you need guys that can cover. Wrap them up, bring them down, but mostly just play in space and cover. Because that's the that's defense now. I mean, the Bills-Chiefs game was a beautiful example of what the NFL is now, or what it wants to be especially. Not every team can be that, right, where you just go down the field and score and score and score, and we change the rules because we want to see it keep going. The NFL changed its rules so we can see it keep going. No defense, really. None. The best defensive player on the Chiefs was Tyron Matthew. For the last three years, that dude has been a game-changer. Not Chris Jones. Chris Jones is hurt half the time. <laughs> I mean, he's great. He gets pressure up the middle. They tried to put him on the edge a few times. It's like he doesn't do anything out there. He disrupts more by being in the middle, so you keep him in the middle. But the guy that the game changer on their defense has been Tyron Matthew. Why? Because he plays in space and can cover. But yet, you know, take a D lineman. Take an offensive tackle. <clears throat> Whatever. New York Jets, I don't think will do that. <clears throat> They're going to get themselves a, uh, a corner. Most drafts kind of agree with me there. I mean, they, they need a corner. They need everything. From the Jets. <laughs> the Jets and the Texans are, I don't even know what you do. I actually think the Jaguars are in a better position than all those teams because they have a quarterback. I mean, in today's game, that's, I mean, like I said, the Bengals did it with two guys, basically. I mean, they got a whole team, obviously. They're all out there running around doing their fucking thing. But the quarterback is it. You know, you got the fifth pick coming up, right? You got the Giants. Everybody's got them taking an offensive lineman. That's probably where everybody thinks off. You know, there'll be a run on offensive linemen through five, six, you know, maybe even seven. The Jets or the Giants have pick five and seven. What would you do? Can you name me one of their wide receivers? I mean, they 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 believe in Daniel Jones, right? Okay. Their best wide receiver is who? You just can't. I mean, you can't let these. You can't. If you're the Giants, you can't take an offensive lineman right here. Why? Because they don't matter, really. <laughs> I mean, as long as they're big and can move, it just doesn't. I don't know. I mean, they matter, obviously. I just don't see how they could matter more after the examples we've been given of last season than weapons. <laughs> We're playing. Almost flag football now, right? Which is funny, too, because I hear lately that people are not getting killed in the NFL, right? I don't know if anybody saw that Donald Parnum hit last year. <laughs> I was like, I saw a bunch of guys get carted out last year. It was it was kind of brutal, but 
that stuff's all happening deep in the field now. The guys getting killed are in the secondary <laughs> still. Anyway, I don't know what you do. <laughs> Panthers, Giants, what do you do? You need weapons. You need to be able to score points. These teams can't score points. Thibodeau probably goes to the Falcons at eight, but they've got one weapon, and he's a tight end. I don't know. Who's their quarterback? <laughs> I think you got to take probably Malik Willis, right? Yeah, I guess you got to just take a shot at Malik Willis at eight. <clears throat> I would. I'm not like I said. I'm not sold on him, but I don't know what else you do if you're the Falcons. They traded Matt Ryan. I don't even know who their quarterback is right now, and they probably believe in somebody, right? Somebody's sitting there like, oh, we believe in this guy. It's probably Marcus Mariota or some shit. It probably is Marcus Mariota. I don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd probably go ahead and pick up Malik Willis there. I'm not drafting. Some people are like, oh, Kenny Pickett's, a, Kenny Pickett's a second, third rounder. He's a no rounder. I'm not drafting that guy. You know, I'm not drafting small hands that wears gloves who scores a 17 on the Wonderlick. I'm not drafting him at all, period. End of story. He's not on my team. And the interviews I see with him, he's such a cocky dick. I, I'm not drafting that guy. Sorry. <laughs> red flagged, right? That's what I hear on, that's what, that's what all the people say now. I got a red flag on this guy. I got a red flag the minute I saw this guy in college. He's fine. Somebody's going to draft him. He's going to end up somewhere, and he's going to bust. If you take him in the first round, if you take Kenny Pickett in the first round, the expectation, minimum, minimum, is that you're going to a Pro Bowl. Lamar Jackson was the last pick of the first round. The guy was an MVP. That's the that's the floor. You better be able to win me an MVP if you're taking a quarterback in the first round. You just got to, and Kenny Pickett ain't it. Malik Willis, maybe. But like I said, after watching him play for a few games, it's like, wow, this guy can't really throw. He's got a big arm. He can throw far. But there's been a lot of guys that can throw far in the NFL. And then there's been guys that can't and get it done. Drew Brees couldn't throw far. Chad Pennington couldn't throw far. So don't I don't put a lot of stock in how far you can throw it. I mean, Josh Allen was terrible for three years. And last year was the first time we saw him throw accurately. And that beautiful game, everybody, you know, they should put that game in the fucking Hall of Fame. It was great. Everybody loved it. We changed the rules for it. It was fantastic. We want more. I think we should just be satisfied with what we had, honestly. I mean, yeah, I'm not opposed to it, but <clears throat> I think that game changed the way we are going to officiate games. That game changed the way we're going to have the rules in the game. One day... It's going to change the way we draft. It's just not yet. So we're going to see a lot of these guys like Atlanta. They might take Thibodeau. They might take uh, an alignment or whatever. I just don't see why, right? Those guys. And when the NFL changes, here's what's going to happen. Those guys are still getting drafted. They're just not getting drafted 1 through 10 anymore because the value is going to change. You know, Seahawks at 9, what do you think they're going to do? Pete Carroll's a defensive guy. They traded Russell Wilson. He's got so much juice in the franchise that he got their star quarterback, who I've never really been sold on, to be perfectly honest with you. Like For many years, Russell Wilson averaged like 150 yards a game throwing. He was okay. And their defense was great. And then after the defense kind of fell apart, he was just, you know, he was okay. But the Seahawks... They're going to draft defense. 
And if it goes the way I said, the only guy that I can see left, and they won't take, I don't know, they're probably going to get an edge rusher, right? But I'd probably go ahead and take that, uh, the Jordan, Jordan from Georgia. I mean, what? Jordan Davis, right? I'd take that guy. You know, I'm seeing a lot of Jermaine Johnson. You know, good player. Solid player. You're going to take him with the number nine pick inside the top ten over Garrett Wilson, over Jordan Davis. I mean, most people have Jordan Davis going like 18 or something. Jamison Williams going out of the top ten. Kyle Hamilton going out of the top ten. Drake London going out of the top ten. Hell, half these mock drafts I see have Garrett Wilson maybe going to as low as ten. You're gonna take Garrett. You're gonna take Jermaine Johnson over Garrett Wilson, or these offensive linemen that are not Joe Thomas. They're not Jake Long. They're not like any of these guys coming out that were like, oh my. I mean, even Penny Sewell, who didn't even play his last year, right? He didn't even play. And a lot of it in his rookie year, he ended up playing guard some, and then they moved him to right tackle. They might have ended up putting him at left tackle. I don't know officially, but did that make an impact on the Lions this season? Let me ask you this even. More importantly, would the Lions have done what they did this season without him? I think so. Where are we at? Let's take it to the Jets. All right, they got another pick at 10. Probably take Garrett Wilson. I mean, yeah, I think we'll probably see a run on wide receivers there, 10 through... 11, 12, maybe even. I don't see uh, – it just depends on who's available. Like if, if if the NFL were to change like I said it is, or like we've all agreed it is, I, I just don't see these wide receivers and Kyle Hamilton and these corners being down here. I would imagine that, you know, in a perfect world now, I would imagine that's where all the passers would be. But seeing how it is, you know, Minnesota, Kyle Hamilton probably, they need a safety. Their safeties are getting old. Uh, they've already got wide out. They got a couple wide outs, I think, but they've got one of the best ones in the NFL, and uh, Justin Jefferson, he's just awesome. Let's say the Jets take Garrett Wilson, and then the Redskins go ahead and take Drake London. I'd probably go with Chris Olave, but let's say they take Drake London. And then you've got Vikings are sitting there with Jamison Williams available, who most people, scouts around the league, are saying this guy is the best wide receiver in the whole draft. And when you watch him play, I mean, he he's he looks like a big CD lamb, <laughs> and so if I'm the Vikings, I take Jamison Williams probably, but they'll probably take. I think they'll probably get a shot at Kyle Hamilton, and then the Houston Texans will be left with Jamison Williams, and then we're looking at the Baltimore Ravens at 14, and it's like again, here's another team that's probably going to take an offensive lineman. They don't have any weapons outside of Lamar Jackson. You know, their best weapon last year was a running back that got hurt really early on towards ACL. And everybody's like, oh, everybody can come back from ACLs and all that stuff now. I'm not so sure. I mean, they do come back, but not everybody's Adrian Peterson. Not everybody's coming back from an ACL and breaking records. Some of them are, you know, Saquon Barkley. And they're just never the same. That happens, today, even in today's game. I mean, OBJ, they argue that he had a bad surgery in Cleveland and, and you know, now he had another injury. He's never going to play. I don't know what – the minute he hurt his knee in the Super Bowl, I was like, that's it. That's three. And when they start happening, they keep happening. And they and that shaves a year off your career. That brings us back to Jamison Williams to a certain degree, right? He's already had one. 
He'll get it fixed, and he'll be good. But if you're the Ravens, I don't know. I mean, Lamar can't really throw that well. I know we've kind of moved past, oh, Lamar can you know, throw it. It's like, yeah, yeah, he can a little bit. <laughs> you know, sometimes. Depends on the game. He's a stud. I wouldn't trade him for anything. I'd keep him. But he's got to have somebody to throw to. Hollywood Brown or whatever, he can't catch. He's fast. But there's a bunch of those guys, right? There's a bunch of guys that are fast. Like, I don't care. I need you to be able to make plays and catch the football. And he doesn't do it. You know, the running backs are hurt. They got a great tight end. I think Mark Andrews might be the most underrated tight end in the NFL. He's fantastic. Giant, smart, gets open. I love it. He's great. <laughs> but, again, the Ravens predicted to take an offensive lineman. Whatever. Fine, take a lineman. Again, I, I, all the guys I've already named, Jordan Davis, these guys are these guys could possibly change the way you play your game. No offensive lineman is going to change the way you play. Look at the – I got another great example is the Cowboys a couple years ago. Their offensive line was unbelievable. Tons of money in it. Just left tackle, left guard, center, Hall of Fame, you know, right guard, Hall of Fame. They still got a couple of these guys, but they're old and hurt now. But they didn't do anything with it. And when they did have that, their running back at the time was probably the best running back in the NFL. Zeke had two years and really eh, one. He had one year and then – Everything fell apart. But even with that one year, they didn't do anything. And they had this great offensive line. Dak doesn't get sacked. And then he ran out of the pocket and got sacked and broke his leg. <laughs> Ravens, I don't know what to tell you. Like I said, corner, coverage. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't cover, if you can't catch and you can't throw, I'm not drafting you. And then we got the you know the Eagles, and that's where we finally see Jordan Davis going. I would imagine that if I'm the Eagles, I probably take one of the corners. Trent McDuffie is supposed to be there, right? You've got uh, possibly Stingley is going to be around there. Um, but I'm probably taking Chris Olave, right? I'm pairing him up, pairing him up with that stud wide, wide out you already got. And uh, we're going to throw it around, the, throw the football a little bit more in, in uh, Philadelphia. But – I think that's the I think that's the move for them, but if you're a betting man, uh, you know, probably go defense or offensive line like everybody else. And then they finally get the Saints, right? And the Saints desperately, desperately need a wide receiver. I mean, if there's any of the top four guys available, I'm taking one of them: Jamison Williamson, or Jamison Williams, Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Any of those guys, if one of them were to fall that far, I don't believe they will. I seriously think the four, the top four guys are going to be gone before the 10th pick is picked. Everybody thought Penny Sewell was going to be the number one pick a couple years ago. I think he fell a little bit. I think he ended up going three or something. You know, you're seeing it. It's happening now. It's already happening. But if I'm if I'm one of those, yeah, you know, I just don't see one of those wideouts being there, but maybe they are. And then there's been the, the obvious rumor of the New Orleans Saints wanting possibly Malik Willis. And I only, my only thing to that would be you've already got a fullback that plays quarterback. You've already got one of those. I don't think they got the right room anymore to draft a Malik Willis, right? If, if, if Sean Payton was still around, I would say, fuck it. 
Let's take Malik Willis at 16 with the Saints, right? I'd take. I'd say let's do it. Hell, if I were the Lions, I'd take Malik Willis over any Aiden Hutchinson. I'd take him over any of those guys. If you're the Lions or the Saints. All right. So with the 17th pick, we've got the Los Angeles Chargers. I still, I still am not used. To, I'm a Southern California boy. I'm not used to that. <laughs> it's still weird. Um, I see a lot of people uh, talking about Traylon Burks going here. <clears throat> Traylon's sweet. I really don't. Outside of those first four wideouts that I I kind of like, I, I don't see another first rounder. There's obviously going to be probably like two or three more go in the first round. We might see seven. <laughs> which would be insane. Uh, you know, Burks is 6'3". He, he's another one of those guys, like, with the way the league's going right now, I'm not in love with. I'm not in love with Anquan Bolden anymore. When it used to be a physical lead and you had to get your jaw broken over the middle, Anquan Bolden was sick. But now, I, I almost, you know, I, I, Chris Olave sounds nicer to me. You know, he's smooth, silky smooth, fast, real speed, real speed. And he's an adult. That's the thing about those Ohio State wideouts right now. They're all adults. Jamison Williamson or Jamison Williams who goes down to Alabama, like he's an adult. People said he wasn't. And it's like, eh. let me tell you one thing Nick Saban doesn't deal with is guys that can't grow up. I'm sure he's fine. And even if he isn't, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, if I'm the Chargers, I guess, you know, and I don't really see why the Chargers need a wideout. They've got they've got weapons. You know what the Chargers need to do? They need to win. That's it. I'd take a corner. I'd take coverage. You got guys that can catch. You got a guy that can throw. You don't have anybody that can cover except Derwin James, who's by the way, has been hurt a lot. Even though he's a stud, he's been hurt. So if one of these corners falls, you know, you got the Cincinnati kid, Trent McDuffie or Stingley. I'd, I'd take one of those guys at 17 pretty confidently. Um, if I'm the if I'm the Chargers, yeah. They could also do with just like a new coach. And then you got the Eagles at 18 again. Uh, I probably, you know, I don't know what to tell those guys. You know, New Orleans again. These guys all have a lot of picks, but it's like, and they've got a lot of problems. And a lot of the things I'm I'm seeing is possibly linemen, but I just don't know why. Bengals did it. <laughs> and then, uh, then you got the Steelers, and that's the first team that everybody's like, universally agrees that Malik Willis should go to the Steelers. All right. You think he's going to beat out Mitch Trubisky? You think Malik Willis could beat out Baker Mayfield right now? He can't. Can he run faster than those guys? Yes. (laughs) He can run faster. But, uh, I don't, he can't throw. Yet, but at this age, it's like there is no time for after yet. There is no moment beyond that in the NFL anymore. There's no development. Aaron Rodgers might be the last guy we saw develop. Patrick Mahomes, everyone's like, well, what about Patrick Mahomes? Like, He sat for a year, and that, that was it. Trey Lance ain't sitting because he's developing. He's sitting because he can't play. And, and Alex Smith is a hell of a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and I know a lot of people might jump out of their seat for that, but he is. Alex Smith was the number one pick in the draft, okay? He was better than Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, when he was healthy. And so that that is why Patrick Mahomes 
didn't start year one. It wasn't because he was they wanted to develop him. He couldn't beat out Alex Smith in training camp. And then by default, he becomes a developmental quarterback because he didn't win. And so that's really what you're asking yourself with a quarterback. If I bring a quarterback in, if I'm the Steelers and I bring in Malik Willis, is he going to beat out Trubisky? The answer is probably not. And then it's like, okay, so he didn't win the battle. Now he's a developmental quarterback. And what? And now you're the Pittsburgh Steelers in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. The guy you took in the first round is sitting. And it's not because you want to develop him. It's because he can't play yet. It ain't, it ain't some – that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. People are like, well, we're developing Jordan Love. It's like, no, he can't play. Trey Lance can't play. These guys can't play. According to their coaches, they can't play. You're going to tell me that these coaches, LaFleur, you think LaFleur doesn't know? And if, and if, especially with all the drama and shit going on, that he wouldn't have just traded Aaron Rodgers if this dude could play? Kyle Shanahan, he doesn't even have a stud at quarterback. He's got Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's sitting there waiting for Trey Lance to be ready. He's not developing him. He's waiting for him. And he may never show up. And with the Steelers, if I'm, if I'm the Steelers and that's the number one pick, I just, if you want to get better, if you want to think big picture, and it's like, okay, in a couple years, this guy might be good. And it's like, okay, great. And I hear a lot of people saying, well, next year the quarterbacks are going to be better. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, like those guys are tiny. Bryce ain't playing in the NFL. I said it here right now. He ain't playing in the NFL. He's not going to make it. He's too small. Too small. And if you look at if you look at C.J. Stroud, like, God, I don't know. He's fine. He looks good at Ohio State. So did Dwayne Haskins. And I would argue Dwayne Haskins was a better prospect than C.J. Stroud. He was bigger, stronger, and could throw farther, which is everybody, oh, Malik Willis can throw far. So could, so could Dwayne Haskins. And so, yeah, if you're the Steelers, that's a big, that's a big risk if you're not going to play him. But uh, I think that's pretty likely. You know, a lot of people would obviously like to see Kyle Hamilton. Can you imagine that? Kyle Hamilton and Minka Fitzpatrick with T.J. Watt putting some pressure up front. Oh, my God. If that Bush middle linebacker guy would have worked out, their defense would be one of the best in the NFL. That guy just – he wasn't as good as everybody thought he would be. And then you got the Steelers. Who knows, right? Or the uh, the Patriots. I have no idea. I remember a few years ago I saw Bill Belichick working out a fullback from Liberty in the rain <laughs> you know, before the draft. It's like I have no idea what they're going to do. Apparently they, they lean on their scouting more and they'll – Probably draft an inside linebacker. That seems very patriotic. Uh, you know, Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean. I, I, I'd probably take Nicobe Dean. And a lot of this, it's not even that I believe in these guys' talent more. I just think that the, the level of competition, like Nicobe Dean performed against better competition, right? He was down in Georgia. Well, he's undersized. So is Teddy Bruschi. You think Teddy Bruschi would even get drafted in today's NFL? He couldn't run. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's probably what they'll take. I, 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 if I'm betting on that, I'm probably taking Kobe Dean. I, I know I'm seeing Devin Lloyd quite a bit, but I'm taking Kobe Dean. He's, I just think he's done it all. The guy's 
ready for the NFL, even an uh, undersized player. I, just don't, I don't really think size is that important anymore, especially in the secondary. And when you talk about linebackers, I mean, in today's game, that's part of the secondary, really. Uh, these guys, if you can't play in coverage as a linebacker, you're useless to me. If you can, all you can do is stop the run. Like I, I've got no use for you anymore. Joe Burrow's throwing the ball. Justin Herbert's throwing the ball. Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. You know, Josh Allen. All these guys are throwing the football. So if you can't play in space and you can't cover, I got no room for you on my football team. And then we got the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals will probably end up with a guard or, a, you know, offense. I think we'll see another run on linemen, you know, a couple guards and maybe that center. Uh, Lindenbaum, I think is his name. Uh, he could be a really special player, special lineman. Again, who cares to me? <laughs> I, I've moved on, man. I really have. Like, for years, I used to think building a team started with the offensive line and D-line. I mean, hell, when you watch a football game on TV, that's all you can even watch is the offensive line and D-line. And then the quarterback throws the football out of the screen. I mean, my whole life, I believe, my fundamentally believed that you built your team inside out and the last thing you added was the quarterback but with the new it's not that game anymore so you know draft quarterback draft corners draft wideouts fuck it but yeah you know cowboys you're hearing kenyon green buffalo probably grab a corner here you know tennessee that I don't know, who knows what Tennessee is going to do? They're, they've got some problems at wide receiver right now. They're probably going to have to reach, right? Now you're going to start seeing people reach on wide receivers. And that's the funny thing to me. Everyone's like, it's a deep wide receiver class. Not if you draft one of the late guys in the first round, which you have to do because you've got nothing left, right? Tennessee got picked up Robert Woods, and they've got A.J. Brown, who I don't know if really wants to re sign with Tennessee. I've, I've, I hear all kinds of crazy shit about A.J. Brown. He's great, but. Tennessee Titans, <laughs> people think they're going to take a wide. You know what they're going to do? They're going to take an edge rusher. <laughs> and it's and it's not going to make a difference at all on their team because the only edge rushers left there are going to be subpar compared to the the, you know, the top guys. I don't even think A.J. Hutchinson's great. So you talk about guys that are going to be below him available. I, just, I don't know. Tampa Bay, these are all luxury picks for these teams at the bottom of the draft. You know, you got – Tampa Bay, Green Bay, the Chiefs have two picks at 29 and 30, by the way. And then the Bengals, um, I think at the bottom here, the bottom of the first round, we might see some trades. Um, probably see David Ojabu go. You know, he'll probably go to one of those teams. We'll probably see uh, Lewis Seen go or sign. I'm not sure how you say his name out of Georgia. He's pretty balling. George Karloftis is probably going to go. In the first, at the end of the first round, somewhere in there, I think overall those teams at the bottom, bottom of the first round. Like, I, if I'm one of those teams, that means I'm already good. <laughs> My team's already great, and so uh, you know, I'd consider trading out and letting one of these other teams try to trade up and reach for a receiver that shouldn't be a first round receiver. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of the teams love that shit, right? They want to trade up for a guy they've taken the second round at the end of the first round. All that means is you got to pay more for him. Down the line, especially. So, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to the draft. It's going to be fun. And, and, you know, I keep hearing, again, no stars in the draft. I promise you. I promise you. 
You'll go back and think, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy went at what? 17? Oh, my God. Jordan Davis went at 30? Like, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to look at all these guys, and every single year there are stars. So don't buy into the narrative that there's no stars because I promise you, you cannot find a draft in the modern era. And let's say, and for me, the modern era, you know, the last 22 years, let's go back to 2000. Uh, you can't find a draft where there's not a star. I challenge you to. I'm going to have a new uh, the soft count on Instagram. We're getting that set up right now. We've got a couple of things going on. Uh, enjoy the draft Thursday, um, first round. Should be a good time. Friday, we'll have a little reaction to the first round. And then I'll probably have our other fight podcast posted. It's still part of the soft count. Um, and that's mostly, that's going to be a gambling night. I'm a big gambler on fights. Uh, I personally believe if you like making money, fights is, and gambling, fights is the best way to do it. It's fast. Uh, you can have like 14 fights in a night and you can make these, and you can make parlays and just go all night long. You know, it's just, it's awesome. I'm I'm a low investment, high reward guy. You don't win as often, but I've turned like dollar into thirty eight hundred dollars on a parlay just because why not? This one's a heartbreaker. Week one NFL season last year, I made a dollar parlay on all the games. I do it every weekend. I don't know why you wouldn't, right? It's not like scratching it off a ticket. You can look at the teams and make an educated guess on who's going to win. And so. Why wouldn't you every week make a dollar parlay for the whole weekend? You know, every game played on Sunday. I do it every weekend. Everyone's like, well, that's insane. I hit on them. If the Browns last year in week one would have won that game, I would have turned my dollar into 45000 I was one game off last season in week one. And the reason it would have been 45000 is because in week one, the odds are always insane. You get minus 300, plus 400, all over the place. They just, mostly because teams are like, well, the Jets are terrible. Week one, they're playing whoever, the Chiefs. I don't know. I'm just saying, for, you know, theoretically. And you'll get like a crazy odds, and the Chiefs will come out flat and lose. And last last season, I mean, if, it, and the Browns were up, and they were playing the Chiefs and lost, and I, I was heartbroken. 45K, though, that would have been a hot one. Anyway, I uh, look forward to talking to you guys some more. Well, um, Apple iTunes, you know, leave a review. Might as well if you guys like hearing me, and I, it helps me keep track of everything. It helps me move up the the totem pole, and uh, you know, I can keep this thing going. I uh, hope to talk to you guys soon. Have a good night. Enjoy the draft.